0: This is Game Theory Podcast Episode 8, Levels, with Brian Fife, Tom Westberg, and Jim Fingal. All in the same room. (laughs) IRL. Fireside chat. Yeah, this is a fireside chat. Uh, we, We thought it'd be fun for us to get together and do one or several episodes in the same room so we could have a whole different selection of audio problems from the normal ones that we normally subject our listeners to. We're going to talk about Levels today. I think we should define levels. what I mean, we talk about it, yeah.
1: I, I feel like we should define levels through examples so that we can explore the explore what we're talking about before we can make grand conclusions.
0: One of the things that, that I mentioned, levels is actually an overloaded term. The earlier arcade games, certainly coin-op arcade games, had concepts of levels that were, you know, Pac-Man, you had Map 1, Map 2, Map 3, and they were level 1, level 2, level 3, were they not?
2: Yeah, although... Levels for character progression could be thought of as different than levels for, I'm on level 80 of Defender and things are really frantic and hard now. But in each sort of game, whether it's Bioshock or Robotron, that, that indicates that you've gone further, the game is harder, you're playing probably better i think there may be a little bit more artificiality to the difficulty curve in rpg games because an awful lot of what's what's going on in in uh, leveling of a character is a progression and and a growth of the the character in your your view of it whereas in a twitch arcade game it really is that they want your quarter to be done and, and they would really like you to, to fall off the edge of the earth now and let somebody else play. <laughs> you've you've well,
0: been part, part here too long.
1: It seems like in the Twitch arcade games, you're very rarely, as, or, or more, more rarely, as you're going up levels, like increasing the number of verbs that you have that you're doing.
2: That's absolutely I mean, true. That, but I, I'd actually argue that that's the main difference in terms of modern game difficulty in, in progression Level 80 in World of Warcraft I'm playing against some monster that has 100,000 health points and so forth, but my Sword of uh, Wonderness uh, hits for 20,000 health points per hit. Yeah, I'm going to do it in 5 hits, whereas when I was uh, a noob in the Cathedral Courtyard, I still hit the wolf 5 times Mm -hmm. and he fell over dead. But I feel it's much more I'm much more accomplished because they're much bigger numbers. (laughs) Obviously, in both cases, part of that is the the limitations of an MMO that it really can't be a Twitch game. That MMOs have latency problems requiring you to do things, aim things properly, and so forth, because they may not really be where you think you're seeing them. So you select, then you
0: hit. uh, There's like a a, a second precision required. Right. Not like sub-second.
2: So unlike what you could do with a halo, Mm-hmm. Or, or any uh, single-player first-person shooter where it's you're clearly getting better, and and they're giving you harder challenges, smaller targets to hit, more enemies to deal with. Their AI is more sophisticated. That sort of progression, although usually it's just you're getting a different game that happens to have better AIs. I, I, actually, but, I, I'm speaking not out of knowledge there.
1: Well, but it seems I, it seems like first person shooters have more in common with classic games. The classic games, in the sense of okay, you could have a different gun that has different effects, but the primary thing that, that you're doing is is pretty pretty much the, the same. You're you're shooting people, and you're trying to to aim for spots, and maybe sort of the strategy of like where you shoot is, is different. I guess what I was thinking of when thinking of progression in other games, and someone will have to come up with an example of this, but just the the idea that when you start out playing the the new Diablo game, all you can really do is click, and, and you're firing one thing at it. Whereas eventually, through your progression and as you get experience, you have many more options of spells that you could do, or and abilities, and, or and
2: and you you learn what is the, the essentially that is the the skill mm-hmm. you're gaining in that game. I mean, there there's a little bit in Diablo mm-hmm. of being able to. Uh, move and... and uh, you don't really get better yourself. at left clicking, no. but double, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but you do, you do get better at, similar to World of Warcraft, at choosing a correct spell progression for the circumstance you're finding it, mm-hmm. you're, you're finding yourself in. So you have certain sets of spells that are uh, more effective in certain situations. And that's the best they can do. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a first-person shooter... I actually generally think of, of uh, what first-person shooters do with the early levels is they're essentially tutorials
1: for you. Yeah, well, they're, they're teaching you like, how the world works and what sorts of things to expect
0: in the world. Uh, I just want to give, give people a heads up that we had an audio equipment failure, and so I had to, to switch our, our setup on the fly, which is why things may sound a little different now. One of the one of the comments that I I wanted to make is that something that may be surprising to the youngsters is like the fact that these old games don't really have any character development at all. You talk about the old coin operated games; the bosses you can't upgrade things. The bosses get harder, and the the action. To the extent that the system hardware would support it gets faster and more frenetic. And yet you're still firing bullets at the same rate that you were on level 1. Everything still notionally does the same amount of damage that it did. Mm. The the contrast that you guys had was in World of Warcraft. You still have the worst weapon in the game and you swing your knife and you do way more damage as a, a level capped character than you would at a, at a beginning level character. And somewhere in the middle between these two extremes is something like... I'll say Counter Strike, where uh, maybe it's not an extreme, where your bullets do the same amount of damage no matter how long you've been playing. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter. And Counter Strike doesn't have bosses, but like theoretically, people should take about the same amount of shots no matter. But how does Counter Strike have kind of levels? It, it does.
2: It, does it does theoretically have has the, progression.
1: The, theoretically has loot with money, right? <laughs> but uh, that's the next podcast.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, Counter strikes a bad example because Counter Strike is a stateless match based game, but It's we, very much more like I put in a quarter. But you bring up Halo though. Like I don't think you know, the missiles in Halo never do more damage mm-hmm. as the game goes on. No, but the, the game bosses gets are weighted to have more hit points, but your attacks don't really change.
1: My picture of old school games tend to be the, the games where
0: you're you're a little ship like a top down shooter, Nineteen. I I always or, think of bullet hells, yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> but but even those I mean in stage one you don't get the laser uberness, but, like, a lot of the game... It the does tend to have power-ups. Yeah. The power-ups are, are basically random drops, so I think mm-hmm. they don't...
1: So a distinction between levels and, like, equipment or loot is if you get shot, then you lose the power-ups. It's not sort of like a permanent upgrade.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a fair thing to say. When I was thinking about sort of the progression of levels in games, one of the first games with character levels that I settled upon in my mind, I was thinking about dragon quest and I was thinking about Final Fantasy Mm -hmm. and that game had a concept of levels and your characters would get basically fixed stat boosts every time you level up one of your characters Mm -hmm. at a certain point they would go from being a juvenile to an adult and then get some more abilities but that was a one time throwaway kind of event and that was it I mean leveling clearly improved your character but you had no say in how that improvement developed.
1: Yeah, where, where is it, uh, they eventually sort of, uh, the Final Fantasy games at least evolved. In the U.S. between Final Fantasies 1 and 2, I don't think there were really fundamental differences between how, what, what leveling did, though someone on the internet please correct me. But Final Fantasy 3 introduced this idea of sort of customized leveling where you can get level up, but the le- levels up through getting experience. But then there were also these the effectively magic items, the Espers that you could get, that both taught you spells but then also gave you bonuses as you, you leveled up. So that if you were equipped a particular one, every time you got a level up you would get you would get three extra strength on top of whatever random that you got, which suddenly made the strategy of leveling up change from I wanna do it as much as possible to I need to make choices about <laughs> When I do it, and and how I, I I guide the progression. So here's here's where we
2: get from level being a I'm just climbing up a hill, mm-hmm. and so are all my enemies, to character progression games, in which, correct me if I'm wrong, mostly derived, if not all, from D and D style
0: uh, stat. Well, well, I was going to say, like, the next logical step for me after Final Fantasy was something in the D&D sort where you would choose where attribute points went when you leveled up. Maybe it wasn't D&D that first did this, but there was a game that did that. Mm-hmm. And then in my uh, unscientific attempt to try to put this together in my mind, the next kind of challenge to this or real variation was Diablo. Where the con- enter skill trees, enter skill trees, where suddenly you had the at least notional ability to have highly differentiated characters at the end of the game that had different abilities that needed different equipment that had different play styles, different strengths and weaknesses.
1: I mean, the Final Fantasy games—you were you—you you chose different classes, and so you ended up at the end of the game. We're, yeah, with we're very not different really different
0: even abilities. talking to class uh, to classes right now, yeah. but more the. But you have to do character you, progression within the class
1: well it sort of gets to i mean it's it's similar to the Final Fantasy model where you you making choices in order to to shape the end state of your character what is like an, an important part in not having or, or being able to differentiate uh, your versions of the characters versus the ones that that your friends might have sure
0: because there's also the assumption that your party has maybe a different composition than somebody else, someone else's, and you need to you know either maximize strengths or compensate for gaps in, in that that party arrangement, right? Or you could just be better at, at min-maxing your characters.
2: Yeah. Yeah, see, ultimately I see that, uh, that 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 sort of thing serving several purposes. One, they give you a sense that uh, your your character is changing over time it is a, 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 a being who is going through a quest and learning uh, through the quest but not just getting the specific things dropped from above that, that mm-hmm. the, the gods give every everybody who looks the, with the same class and and that uh, lets you feel a, a, like if not a unique snowflake one of only a dozen uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and that helps a lot.
1: Well, it, but it also brings in like a a you are actually engaging in strategy in trying to figure out like what is the best pathway. Right,
2: and that's that, that, that's of course so that's before you could just look it is. up on the internet. Correct. <laughs> that's that's supposed to be the what it's, what it is, and it used to be that, and it used to be we did that. And now we all get insecure and we go find the equivalent of elite, elitist jerks. That's another podcast. And, and I understand, but that essentially, uh, we we're talking about character progression and how yeah. people uh, react to the choices they're given. I sadly just assumed that there were much smarter people who have done lots of spreadsheet work out there than I have. And so I'm going to just look and
0: try. I don't think it's that sad. Well, so but the, I mean, it's sad for it's, them.
2: It's, it's lazy. It's, I, mean, I don't know. The, the problem is uh, when I take that approach, rather than engage myself in the game and actually look at all my choices and look at the choices ahead if uh, 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 on a particular tree, I'm far more personally involved in, in the game when I'm making the choices, than the, oh uh, yeah, okay, I got a new
0: talent point, I'll go look at <laughs> It's already one. been decided.
2: Everybody says that that one completely
0: sucks.
1: Well, here's the, here's, the, here's
0: the other piece of that that, that that I'm not happy with, which is, if I was in a vacuum, I would pick the talents that were most interesting to me and toddle along my happy way. If I never did a replay, I might not ever know what I'm missing. And now in this multiplayer world, you sort of somebody looks up your character sheet or does whatever they do, and they go, "Oh, you're a you're a death bubble." Uh, We're engineer. not going to invite you into our <laughs> group. Have you read anything? Do you do you get out at all? You
2: cannot play reindeer games with us. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. Well,
1: I, I had the interesting experience when I played uh, Deus Ex: Human Revolution. I had not really read anything about it, and I don't know if I was too lazy or I don't remember making a conscious choice to actively avoid looking up. How to shape my character? Maybe I just thought that I played enough games like this that uh, that I would, I would clearly be able to to choose the uh, the optimal path. But it was a, a sort of fun throwback to to like to make make those choices. You know, talk to a friend midway through the game and have sort of like one data point of of someone saying, "Oh, like you'll probably you know." I increased my inventory a lot, and that was really important, and me sort of arguing to, like like that that seems like they're, like I can't imagine why I would do that. I wasted a few skill points here and there, but like clearly this is the the best way to do it and it 's actually though I later increased my inventory because that was a good suggestion, it was interesting how closely aligned a lot of the the optimal builds it ended up being well
0: that that was fundamentally the problem that I had with Bioshock the game maybe, maybe I'm speaking to your point mm. which was it's this game that reported to have all these alternate paths and yet there were some obviously really good abilities and some obviously really bad ones and so I think everybody pretty much ended up with <coughs> the same character at the end that's sort of another I mean, give or take a few times. Yeah, that's that's something that's kind of built into games like League of Legends, where it's not about what abilities you choose; it's the order that you choose them in, mm-hmm. and you know what you prioritize when you're developing your character. Because you're all going to get to level twenty or whatever the top level is eventually in the course of the game, or you lose. And when you get to that point, you have picked everything you can possibly pick.
1: Well, so in League of Legends, how does that get around it? Like, if you have an ability longer, are you better at it, or
0: well, you in League of Legends, you have Let's say, because I'm not super familiar with the game, I haven't played it recently. Like five skills or six skills, and you can choose to you know, do the first point and then turns it on. Mm-hmm. Any additional point makes it more powerful. Yeah, and you can't just dive all the way to the most powerful level in one skill, mm-hmm. but you can go deeper in one versus others if you wish. And then there's like a super ability that like. At level 5, you get one point in it. At level 10, you get another point in it. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you look at who your opponents are, you look at who your allies are, you look at what your play style is, and you say, I'm going to learn this one first, and then I'm going to learn this one, and then I'm going to go deeper in this one. You know, you have mm-hmm. to pick whether you have a well-rounded character, whether you have some really strong abilities, what you do. Yeah, I think, like,
1: Deus Ex is was was sim- similar to that in, in the sort of skill tree where you are sort of like unlocking nodes, but then also sort of strengthening like particular ones.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the formula is pretty well understood, but it's just, you know, there's a big difference between a game where you end up with highly differentiated characters at the end. And one of the things that I really liked about, for example, early World of Warcraft, and I think the game has really changed a lot from the way it was before, was not only, for example, um, there were three potential tanks in the game, a paladin, a uh, warrior, and a, a druid bear. Not only did they have very, very different characteristics as far as how they managed to survive and how they generated threat, but there were certain situations where they were really good and certain situations where they were really bad, and you know, some things they couldn't do, You know, like maybe that the bear could silence, but the warrior couldn't, or something like that, and mm-hmm. you'd have to compensate for that now. You're smirking.
2: No, I'm, I'm just thinking, you haven't fortunately played it recently. My, my general feeling is, they did not take the, the uh, lesson of the Incredibles to heart. They basically want everybody to be like everybody. Well, no, that's the, well, I, I I think eventually, that's the point. Eventually, they... no, no, eventually I, I expect to, to see priest tanks Yeah, <laughs> just fine in in World of Warcraft, and in fact, if you there's so many things you no longer choose. You no longer bother to go in and, and uh, uh, buy uh, new abilities. Which they, is they just do. a weird thing. You have ability again. trainers. Yeah. They don't do anything yeah. for you anymore. Mm-hmm. They just sit there and have answer questions for you. <laughs> uh, they're, they're they give you moral support. They are help techs. That's <laughs> all they are. Everybody now gets a battle pet like being a hunter. Once. That's not fun. So maybe somebody can... Can explain what were
0: the, 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 are the good reasons for these things. Well, I think the good reason is you know you never want to have the experience of being you know in the old game in the old world, a guild would say we only want a warrior tank uh, for these dungeons. Like you just can't go in with anybody else, and you know we only want one rogue because we need somebody that can do mind control or whatever. And by, by watering down all the classes so that they're either DPS, tank, or healer, they're just everything. But Nobody they had, gets left out. They had watered
2: down or sped up level progression so much so that if you needed a, you know bring a tank up to, to level 70 or 80, it wasn't going to take you that long. But and that's the for reason. Any, it's not for a any, good reason. any yeah. class that has, they, they now, you, you don't commit to a talent tree. You can have multiple talent trees,
0: and you just switch out. I, I, that, I that was one thing. Having dual-mode talent trees was something that we were pained by all the time because, I mean, you never played a warrior or anything like that, right? Where when I was configured for being in a dungeon and tanking, I could not do anything by myself. I would go out there. I mean, I could stand there all day long and fight a guy, but I would be standing there all day long fighting because I had almost no damage output at all. And so... Having yeah, the, that ability to The switch. whole goal was like to generate threat and be attacked, and to end and be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I could you know yeah that oh, even well, there
2: you're not you know infinitely
0: tough, and you're
2: kind of like to have a priest occasionally come by and say, "Bless you, my son."
0: That's right. Um, but it's, that's that's how it works. But yes, it, I, I
2: want to stay, I, I will fail, uh, but I want to not keep going back to World of Warcraft and, and uh, <laughs> uh, what what they they have the changes they've made. I uh, am unable to figure out whether it's it's them or it's me. It's, it's not you, it's me. I don't know. I, I strongly suspect it's it's either them or it's you cannot keep something that big that long. And that may well be
0: it. Well, it's, it's hard for me not to think of World of Warcraft. I, I don't think they did anything super magical that wasn't already laid out in Diablo. That's the weird thing for me, thinking about that game. Like, so much... Of what happened in Diablo with the establishment of the talent trees and stuff, was new, different, Mm -hmm. and really, sort of every game after that had some kind of talent uh, component in it. You know, the the Guild Wars and Eve didn't. You know, they stand alone in being sort of different leveling models.
2: I requested, didn't it? They had talents. Didn't I request have talent trees? I did not play request. I, 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 okay, I'm, I'm not remembering well. But, but to get to level progression and, and, and uh, that part of it, EverQuest did have the, the notion of a death penalty that would lose you XP. And you
0: could drop back a level. Which is like nothing
1: time. Nothing is more terrifying in games than losing levels. <laughs> dark, yes.
0: You're not dark ourselves, right? This is a thing. Right? I'm, act- I'm
1: actually thinking of, of Journey, which you don't usually think of as like a cutthroat... Game where you level up a lot, but the the most terrifying part of playing Journey was your, for the whole game your scarf is getting longer, and then there is like one particular area where there are these terrifying monsters, the mind flayers or whatever, that, yeah, that make your like suddenly make your 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 scarf dissipate, and you and have done real permanent damage to you that you have to somehow regrow. <laughs> That's the earlier the interesting part about levels is you you sort of expect them to be permanent and distinct from from items that can you can either you know lose all of your equipment you know you, you fall into a pit and and they've taken away all of your gear and, and you have to operate for, for a while and before getting them back or uh, if you don't repair items that they'll 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 break so you have to upkeep them but there's sort of something fundamental like built into the concept of Uh, a level or these permanent attributes that is like one of these areas when games work in mechanics that violate that uh, common and like dearly held convention it really throws you for a loop (laughs)
0: you know another, another piece of it is sort of how level allows you to create a narrative for your character and a story for your character and the abilities that you pick or the abilities that you don't pick one of the really interesting things about Amalur Reckoning was the card, the fake card system that they had. Did you have some experience with that? I played it and
2: I that aspect of it didn't, I didn't find memorable sadly so.
0: That's too bad because one of the things that they did there was you would have it was a classless system mm-hmm. like uh, Elder Scrolls but what it would do is there were three distinct talent trees you can invest in mm-hmm. tier you know, gated like the other stuff But if you invested five points into the warrior thing, you could get the warrior level one card. And if you invested ten points, the warrior level two card. But then if you invested five (coughs) points in warrior and five points in rogue, you could be the warrior rogue thing. And they even had jack of all trades, where if you were basically even across all the things. And it would give you these global bonuses, Mm -hmm. and some of them were really interesting. Like if you were... the, The coolest one was like, if you invested deep into magic, your roll, which was your evade, you know, button that you'd hit, mm-hmm. um, would blink you, so you'd start teleporting. <laughs> and it wasn't a talent you picked; it wasn't. It was just like a, hey, you're a badass wizard now. This is what badass wizards do. And I regretted the fact that that was sort of the only really flashy and externally visible thing they did, but it, it kind of introduced a really cool mechanism by which the investments that you made had some meta. It wasn't that you invested in a point. It's like you just get to the point where you put enough into this that now this happens.
1: That's, that's interesting also because it's the it feels like so much of, of leveling is a system and, and numbers that are put in front of you that you can sort of analyze and you're you're optimizing your progression through this tree or, or how do I st- how do I like in, in Final Fantasy how do I start out the lowest level, equip the most optimal esper, and then level up so that I have 99 strength, whereas the example that you gave of blinking is something that is is probably not in text anywhere that, that, that that's what happens. It's not something that, that looking at the skill tree or, or the cards that you would see, but it seems like an interesting way to reward you or to, to give you something. To reinforce, yeah. To, to give, you, give you something cool that is, I guess, more surprising. Like, there's nothing surprising about ending up with the optimal build once you've done it. It's more you feel good because you 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 like did the thinking work and you put in the time to to grind your your way up to to 99 strength.
0: Well, often you know the optimal build is less satisfying than something you might do if you were left to your own ends. Well, and um, in a single player game. You can do
2: that. Of course. You, you're, you're, not, you're not parading out there in plaid for everybody to laugh at. All the, all the cool kids who recognize that that's a stupid thing you chose. You can just try it and do it. Or you may not progress as fast, but you're having a good time. That's all that matters. You, you suggest that, that Amalore's talent choices essentially may not have even penalized... Spreading talents across all the trees,
0: which I think is interesting. Well, no, there's a big penalty for doing it because there's a lot of abilities you don't get. Right. But what sort of happens is there's this exponential thing. I don't remember what the exact benefit was, but at the very end, the jack-of-all-trades high-level abilities that you get basically outweigh all the losses that you had on your way up the chain. So I, I, of course, idiotically Level as a jack of all trades, which is a horrible idea. What you should do is level as a a deep in one tree, and then just respect and be a jack of all trades at the end when you have Uh all the points you need. Seemed kind of dirty, but you know there was something like like a
1: filthy, filthy thing
0: to do. Exactly, but it would it would give they'd give you like you know bonus fifty percent on all damage or something at the end just because like you're an awesome jack of all trades and you're a cool guy and
2: all that stuff. So yes, I, I, I see I. Uh, my first character in World of Warcraft I, it was a, a, a mage, and I did not uh, had not read much about talent trees and so forth, and so I pretty much evenly... One point in guys.
0: ice, one point in yeah. fire, one point...
2: Because they were all interesting, <laughs> and I liked all the abilities happening. And at some point, I read something that says, and you know there are these dumbasses who do this, <laughs> and I... <laughs> All right, maybe I'll find out how I respec And,
1: and, and but it's not in. nearly as much fun. It really isn't. Well, you guys would have much more fun if you only played single-player games. Bam. I, I have a great time.
2: That, I suspect <laughs> that's probably true. I, there's there's this whole business of you know how do I look now? Uh, that that clearly uh, my insecurities show up uh, to them but, but the reality was it was a stupid yeah. choice if I had bothered to actually look and look at the damage output I could do from the, the, you know, the four-point ability, as opposed to having split them across three trees and, and what I'd be able to be doing now if I'd stayed in one tree almost all the way uh, any place, I'd, it would have been obvious.
0: But you don't get wind, fire, lightning, all that stuff. You know, you have to Right, sort of
2: and and I was having, and this sort of came out of I was having, it felt a great reward with every new spell I got
0: because it was good.
2: Every other level, you, uh, you you would be running back to your character trainer and find out what do I get now, and and if it wasn't just an upgrade of a spell I already had, it was something new to have on my spell bar and to figure out how I work it in my rotation. And that was cool.
0: Well and the other thing about being a a deep invested character in a game that grants abilities to everybody evenly, like World of Warcraft, is there's some you know, there's a rotation. So every third level you get a better arcane bolt, and every fourth level you get a every even level you get a better firebolt, and the one after that you get an ice bolt. And so if you're playing all those you know, if you're, if you're doing a deep invested character in one of the trees, you basically rip all the other spells off your bar and don't use them. And what, there's sort of an ebb and flow where in the leveling cycle, one is a lot more powerful per mana than the others, even given talent points, right? and Yes. And Diablo
2: 3, uh, if, if I think about it, it appeared to me that the way in which it gave you new abilities and upgraded them, seemed to deliberately, you needed to keep track because uh, if you stayed on your favorite and just kept it best, at a particular level you'd be better, have been better off. You weren't choosing, these are just, mm-hmm. they, were, they were becoming available to you as you leveled. That you, would, you, you needed to stop using your old favorite and move off onto this for a while. And that was actually probably a very good thing in terms of keeping the play feeling fresh. Uh, that that you would be freezing enemies in place versus having hands grasping them. But or that's lunch, a or that's a very
0: different philosophy from Torchlight, though. For example, the new Torchlight, where you can't unroll, you only are able to untrain like your last three skills you invested. Right. And so I had this moment of deep, deep regret. I, play, I played one character to like ten levels so far, but I you started as this engineer that's got this giant pipe wrench and you. They throw that wrench down and just, you know, bodies are flying everywhere. It's very cool. And then I said, oh, this, this shield and sword stuff looks kind of interesting. So I started putting points there. It turns out I had split my points in the smashy tree and in the defensive tree. And I'd gone too far in both to, uh, you know, and it's just like the answer with Torchlight is start over. You just, you just, you're supposed to have 15 characters that you're running through and that was one of the big differences between Torchlight and Diablo 3 where Diablo 3 I think was more leaning you know there's no point in playing through a banshee queen again if you've played one once because at any point you could mute that mutate that banshee queen to be the icy fingers or the grasping vines or whatever the hell the different abilities
2: are right so this this actually I mean as as we're discussing levels. Diablo has, Diablo 3 has, a fairly linear story, which most people think is moderately weak, that that you're, you're carried through from area to area, and you go through it at first normal, and then once you've completed everything and beaten Diablo,
1: you go through it again and that's and that seems like that, that's exactly what you're talking about before of uh, you're doing exactly the same thing but your
0: character doesn't level cap on a single playthrough at normal right correct
2: you're 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 absolutely you're, you're now playing uh, a much stronger character mm-hmm. and you're, you're you're now going through everything's harder and you'll see different enemies and you'll see different Combos used against you, and so forth. The the gameplay changes, the terrain, and and worse, the quests are identical. The in terms of of the quests and the story, it's Groundhog Day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and and I don't understand the choice there. I I, I obviously there's there's something economics driven mm-hmm. in terms of we can only. Spend as much money on our artists and our game designers to 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 uh, build that much world. Does um, Does
0: Hellfire Damnation difficulty level add any new mechanics to the bosses or mechanics to the? I, yes, ends? it absolutely does. Okay, so like at some point the imps start lobbing fire grenades or something. Correct. But my
2: my point here is they could have just had new regions, and you just took you, know, you had, had the region three was times harder, yeah. as, as, or four times as as many regions and quests and so forth before you ultimately got to Diablo once, <clears throat> and and so forth. Then instead of playing the game over again at a higher difficulty, I understand classic Diablo. That's what you did. You mm-hmm. you, you played it again and, and so forth. Though I, though I don't remember whether you you had to unlock playing at higher difficulty or you could just start out playing at nightmare. The thing is that this is not just you can; it's it's expected, and your level. You don't start from level one again and you play a, uh, play at nightmare difficulty. You start from level thirty or whatever 50 you were. Whatever.
1: Playing. I it hadn't occurred to me this distinction before, but it is very interesting the the idea of the differences of how and why you level and make choices in, in multiplayer games versus single player games.
0: Well, there's just this this crushing social pressure to follow the norms mm-hmm. when you're in multiplayer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because it it seems like in terms of like your your fun and enjoyment of the game, it's this weird thing where it's like you could make the choice to make the choice to make your own choices, and that would be more f- fun for you. But it's this weird thing of like because of the type of game it is, you you so su- you submit to have less fun. uh to um i guess
0: why is that again yeah i'm not sure yeah
1: <laughs> is it in order to to like work work like better with others or is it
0: no that's what it is i mean the, the best moments in multiplayer gaming are with, particularly when you're with friends and you all start rowing okay. the slope together at the same the same cadence and you do wonderful things, you
2: know, and, and, things. right? And, and it's true. We're, we're, we've been emphasizing the the, the downside. You, you described when you talked to your friend, and he said, "Make sure you've got lots of space for inventory, and and make that a priority." That, that that's both a you know, you're at lunch and you're talking about a shared interest, mm-hmm. and you're learning, and and that's that's just a fun thing. Yeah. And and it isn't a oh, you moron. <laughs> And, and so, well, but and, but it's and also not, not looking at and, and it' was true that your your uh, interaction with your friends playing multiplayer games generally isn't a critical the The critical things tend to be third party the fifteen year olds mm-hmm. who are running around with their uh, massive acts of uberness and uh, they will load them you <laughs> and they will and, and so and at some point I, I guess we we need to just decide that. We're going to pretend that they didn't say it because it's yeah you're you're human enough that that ultimately you do worry about it and you uh, slink back to to the wikis
1: to, to check what you really meant by saying that about you. Would uh, games be better if you could uh, put on an age filter where you automatically mute people who uh, who are younger than a certain age? That's probably another topic. But
2: my my instant reaction is. I thought they were, were
0: fifteen-year-olds, and then I yeah. <laughs> realized that was mistaken. This is,
2: yes, right. Oh my God, they're fifty-five too. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I, I think you'll. I would, I would, sadly discover that humanity is humanity.
1: <laughs> single player. Single player. Yes. we'll we'll get you into world of tanks
2: well when i when i you into world of tanks Brian can explain <laughs> to you why your turret is not the right leg
1: <laughs> but 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 this is i mean I, again for me it's it's like i i i feel like you know this isn't about single player versus multiplayer but there's something about the the playing the single player game that is more like like reading a complicated and fantastic book that where you're you're engaging with a like a wonderful intelligence of the, the the person or people who who designed the the game and the the experience that you're having, though your the experience that you have is different from anyone else's. Yeah. you're sort of in, engaging with like it, it was uh, designed and, and created by a, a mind that is is showing you like brilliant.
0: Well, and, and the aspirations of a game like The Elder Scrolls, or a series like The Elder Scrolls, is that eventually you'll get to a point where you're making music with this game where you're doing expressive things where you're you are a heroic hero, you're shaping the world to your form, um, and there's a there's a narrative that is that is created through your character's progression that is unique to you. Mm-hmm. That is a, that is a creative act in and of itself. You know, all the achievements in massive games are they're only unique in the fact that they're sometimes brutally hard. There, there aren't as many that are as beautiful, I think. And even if they are, there's, there's something about this sort of mass production. You oh, know, I thought I was the only person. It turns out like there are 500 million, you know, people that have this as well. Mm. That that takes away from it a little bit. Well, I mean, arguably there are 500 million other people
2: in their own single-player universes who have those. Those 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 things, but you you just
0: don't see it. it I don't have to listen to him talk. I yes, <laughs> I don't have to listen to him talk. Um, but would you hear these stories? I mean, what was it? One of these things talked about, like the guy who played a peasant in um, Skyrim or something, where he walked from town to town and didn't have awesome weapons and would like go to the shop and buy something, and then go to the shop and sell something or whatever. And he was just living out this life. I'll link to it in the notes, so I'll, I'll find it. But you can do so it. WoW. Subvert the idea of progression at all. Yeah, you can do it in WoW, but it just doesn't seem
2: the same. to you no, because WoW won't let let you into zones. So you'd you, you'd instantly well, be dropped. Yeah. I
1: mean, it, what what you're describing sounds like sounds more like something that, that the way, the things that you've described in Eve um, of just like choosing a, a like a totally different like way of of playing the game
0: yeah so the interesting thing about eve is you could be one of the most influential players in the game and never have fired a single missile mm-hmm. you know never have yes. never have even gotten
1: into and, and that's ship. and that it, if if we're if we're talking about levels and progression like that is a very it it as as much as i don't want to play the game i'm still fascinated oh by i know it. we can't
0: we can't stay away from it and in fact... Be,
1: because like, just the, like the idea that, that you could still come up with a, uh, like an interesting new co- combination of, of things or a new way to exist
0: in the world. That... <laughs> well, and, and part of that's because there's even explicitly condoned leveling path in EVE, mm-hmm. which is you start with a little level character, you make a lot of money with that character, mm-hmm. and then you buy a character that somebody's been developing for two years and has... You know, n bajillion skill points accumulated with the money that you earned in game. <laughs> this,
1: this may be a digression, but um, I, when I was uh, doing research for this and about anti anti grinding, I, I heard I read about a term that was used in reference to to Eve uh, that I'd never heard before, which is poop sucking. You, you heard this? Where it's it's a mechanism where in a lot of games you're you're so engaged, like you, you don't want to stop playing like, the concept of, like, a, the, the poop sock is you'd rather poop in your sock than, than get up and, and go to the bathroom, whereas games like Eve have this you-can-level-up-while-away-from-the-computer <laughs> mechanism to it where no, um, the, it's, it doesn't it's, demand... progression doesn't necessarily demand constant attention.
0: No, that's, that's what I loved about Eve, and the whole I-have-so-much-money-I-can-buy-a-better-character-notwithstanding, the only way to get better in the game... To, be, to become a, like, like by the numbers, more powerful character is to pay your monthly fee, you know, and, and move through physical time with your character. There's no way to accelerate the accumulation of points or very little. Uh, yeah,
1: well, and that gets back to thinking about leveling strategies that, um, like, how, how they are sort of concretely reinforced by the incentives of <laughs> the, the developers
0: or, the, like, the, the economics of, of the game. Yeah, I mean, and we've—I've talked about—I've already said my love poem to Eve, even though, you know, we both dipped our toes in it and realized that that's not the game for us. Yeah. The fact is, like, you never have to do something you don't want to do in order to be able to do something you do want to do in that game. Really, you know, if—if if the thing you're doing, you don't have to kill 500 brown bears to be able to kill a polar bear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It just—it just doesn't work that way in the game. You just say. I want to be on the polar bear track and then you wait a month and it's like aha now I can equip the anti-polar bear harpoon and you go and do it and so the way you spend your time in that game like there was somebody that made a I wish I could find the article because I read it once I think it was about some like Kickstarter what was the the massive game where they just like basically pulled the plug on it and said we're gonna we we'll learn some lessons about this and we're gonna relaunch later on or something like that it was not a huge one, but Oh, I think I remember uh the yes, it was one of those abortive yeah uh launches that I've i forgotten it too, but yeah. So one of the interesting things <laughs> No. But thank you. Ding. You
1: could level up in that, you know, get you know, get more things in your pasture. Get money, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> but no, what where was I going with this? It it one of the things that was interesting reading about MO's and I, I can't remember the exact article that references, was just talking about how perverse and we discussed this in Grind, how perverse the incentives are that, that you know you can get characters to do anything, you get them to club like chickens you can get them to walk backwards for, for 300, you know, from Ironforge to, to, to Stormwind you know, the entire way whatever you want, you can get characters to do it if you put a sufficient enough reward at the end and it sounds kind of absurd when it's to ridiculous proportions, but you do see people often doing things that they don't particularly enjoy because they want the benefit that comes at the end of it. And you just doesn't have that.
1: Well, and that's like a... Neither do arcade games. That's like one of the aspects of leveling that when you read the anti-grinding article yes. on TV Tropes, you, you read about like a hundred different ways designers have have tried to change and tweak their leveling system to try to get you to enjoy the game better and, and not spend all your time grinding, it really reveals that the idea that, that that leveling and sort of like the pathways that you have to, to get power in the game or to to get abilities is really gonna change the way that people play it. You know, like it or not, as you said, you can do anything that you want in the game, but most people are going to do the things that that maximize their ability to to get power or progress through the stories, if the the mechanisms that you put into place reward them for for doing that. And what I found so interesting about this, the anti-grinding article, was the different the different ways and examples that the game can, um, like in Deus Ex, I gave the example of you know you could get like maybe sixty experience points for for killing a guy, and you get a hundred times that for like, going through one of the main story quests. And so that, like, it rewards you for exploring, you exploring content it, that is new and different rather than trying doing the same thing over and over again.
0: Yeah, and what you're speaking to there is sort of if killing a level 1 kobold gave somewhere in the same neighborhood of experience as killing a level 100 dragon, there are a lot of people that would realize it makes a lot of sense while they're sitting in watching TV on one television like just killing kobolds all day uh, so they can get a high level character and the only thing that stops us from doing <coughs> that is this exponential damage and experience and leveling progression and
1: eventually the 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 fuck this throat on the, the controller of of having done that for too long
0: <laughs> yeah and
1: the and realizing that you hate the game
0: well yes and that's the thing right but well, I, I always use like, the term Palladium game as a derogatory thing, and I apologize <laughs> to the Palladium people, but like, thinking of a game like Riffs. You, you could be
1: a, uh, have an OCC, occupational character class, vagabond.
0: No, it's, it's all good, but I mean, thinking about Riffs and the fact that it's just the guns are kind of powerful, but these guys just have super, super durable armor. You're just sitting there and exchanging slugs back and forth. For a long time, you know, in 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 any kind of combat,
1: and And, well, and you know, anything anything with mega damage can't be hit by anything that's not a mega damage. That's right,
0: but you know, contrast that with friggin' Bushido Blade, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not a good (laughs) levels do not exist. That that's the. I feel like we
1: need to design more topics around being able to talk about Bushido Blade. I think
0: you're right. (laughs) Um, Bushido Blade was a was a game where. It was he was trying at its time to be a very realistic sword fighter. You really couldn't cut somebody more than one or two times before they were dead. Like that's just it. And you know, com- compare that with you know, popular game of the time, Street Fighter or something. Like there's just no, it's just radically different games. You know, in the same way, any truly realistic shooter, like you know, you don't get shot 500 times. Right. You get shot once, and then you're you're in trouble. That does not work with leveling. Yeah, it just does not seem to well, fit. It doesn't work with yeah. It doesn't work with yeah
2: you know, for for people running around on battlefields. It doesn't work for for warplanes. Uh, you know, by by and large, things weapons are tank's uh, probably members, okay. You you know, know, tanks are really actually moderately okay. You can yeah. get more equipment. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you, yeah, you can get you can get better equipment. Your government can pay for uh, for night vision. Yes, but uh, but a rocket propelled grenade will still, uh, yeah, still mess stop up your it. helicopter.
0: Yeah. It's it's one of these things where we we sort of willfully introduce this kind of lack of realism and it is wonderful and you do feel very heroic to you know walk into level one area and they're just little yapping chihuahuas at your at your ankles um but that is so different from the old expression you know the world's greatest swordsman doesn't fear the, the world's second greatest swordsman he fears somebody who's never picked up a sword before mm-hmm. um, because he he he—it's completely unpredictable And the sword will still cut him, you know, just as well as as any other. uh,
2: Was it Deus Ex or or one of the games you you had mentioned that you only got XP for completing quests?
1: Yeah, Deus Ex is. is, It wasn't. It wasn't only, but it was like effectively you could minorly like optimize by killing people, but you get just as much for like hacking a computer and reading an email.
2: I like. That uh, uh, as opposed to, you know, as opposed to now I'm just going to kill rats or kobolds or whatever because um, one it does increase the importance of the story mm-hmm. it it links that story to your growth I understand the Morrowind style of I level up by doing so I swing stupid I I jump
1: up and camera. down which brings us to oh, and, and that
2: just simple, the problem is that that broke down because you just felt stupid bunny hopping down the road and, uh, and lighting flares to, to, to improve... We, we had a whole no. Palladium
1: campaign in which we, in between going places, we, we lit fires and played played lutes on, yeah. on the ship. Uh, it was the yeah. same thing. It's great, except
2: if you feel that you're doing completely artificial Stupid behavior. bullshit. Somebody, <laughs> to, to somebody a character, did the the mm-hmm. would make fun of, yes. Yeah. The, the, the interesting thing is the, sort of the opposite of only quests matter. World of Warcraft is now gone, so you get significant XP for picking herbs.
0: You get <laughs> I've, XP I've,
2: for mul- craft stuff multiple times. I've noticed Jeez. myself leveling, picking a stupid daisy.
0: That ties into the whole thing of you can't be in World of Warcraft a top tier crafter without being at the level cap, effectively.
2: Correct. I mean, there are various reasons for that now, and that and some of that is actually good.
1: I think it's unethical to design games in which you're incentivizing people to pick daisies for hundred hours at a time, or fish.
0: With, I mean, I think the argument is if you're playing. Like, how is that different from Farmville? But if you well, if you're playing a pseudo, Dazies, I'm not trying to force you to pick daisies. That's Farmville. No. <laughs> it's a, that's it's what my days just better because I got you to my to daisy picking. Not Morrowind, but some other game like Deus Ex or. Fable or whatever the hell it is. There's this illusion that they purport that oh, you can be silent as a shadow, a, a, a burly warrior, or you can be a clever diplomat, and yet the game only rewards kills. But some games like do like,
1: and, and this is I think a testament to. To the power of game designers, like if you get just as much experience for sneaking by someone, or more experience, then then it's a
0: valid thing to do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's—I think Data 6 did a much better job of that mm-hmm. than many other games that have said that they have that same ability. Mm-hmm. I think they—I think those games,
2: I think particularly the the Fable games and so forth—they had that goal at various points in their game development. I suspect they actually had things viable or semi-viable tracks for, for various other choices. But then they, they either discovered that, that there were dead ends people could get into, and it was just too complicated to keep track of all the combinatorials of, of uh, ways in which these stacks add up, to, to, from you getting here to there, and not being able to combine things in a way that was overpowered... For for what what we expected, so they became far too hard or far too easy. They so they they. they I sus- I imagine it was game design complexity, ends up, forcing them into,
1: stripping out those those alternatives. So uh, alternatives, as in like so, limiting like the tracks to like a few different tracks to go through the game, or yeah. The
2: thing is that uh, these these games are sort of saying I'm I'm improving my stealth or my Diplomacy, or, or 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 whatever abilities, and how those affect my gameplay in other parts. And so, we're, well, okay, now, but what happens if I first push up myself, and then I go through and push up my diplomacy way up, but I you know haven't really leveled, and so I'm still playing at these low level. And at what at what point am I I am am I just uh, making things absurdly easy, or am am I are, are some things going to be designed that they can only be done through brute force.
1: Yeah, well, and that was I would say that, like, the the one major time that I was pissed off at Deus Ex was the strategy is usually sort of, like, maximized so that you can, like, get into more areas and, and unlock more dialogue options, and then once you do that, get stronger. And I was sort of going the stealth route, but then there was a boss battle where, like, there was no stealth, you couldn't hide, and... You still had tons of
0: hit points and all that. You still
1: had tons of hit points, and you know if you if you didn't have a rocket launcher and all you had was a uh, a pistol that shot tranquilizer darts, then you weren't going to get very far. And suddenly, like I had a very low hit point guy that was was going head to head with you know a guy with two miniguns, and that was, I mean, it was interesting because there was it was a failure of de, of design that. There wasn't actually multiple options to do that, but it also drew attention to the fact that the rest of the game was pretty good in that respect. And
0: also, I mean, I bet if taken to the other extreme, if all you had to do was walk up to that guy and say, why don't we be friends mm-hmm. instead, and he's like, yeah, let's do that. I mean, suddenly that becomes the overpowered path of like, you mm-hmm. know, you don't have to fight anybody in this game. Why would, I, why would I die 200 times against the guy when I could just take this path? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's the argument against. Bad and fifteen-year-old
1: boys want to beat things.
0: Well, they can, they can do that. You know, there's plenty of games.
1: Other of the descriptions on on that that anti-grind like leveling page were were more like, oh, well, suddenly they like enemies give you less experience points the more you kill them, or there's a limited number of enemies, um, and, then, really you, and like, then you have to move on. I but,
0: really like the limited number of enemies thing yeah. because it. <laughs> Yes. It creates a world that you can actually change. Like, oh, that's, got God of War is like that. I killed the last effing, you know, kobold in this cave. The village, I mean, this is Marla It's a single player thing. The villagers are going right. to come in and they're going to start mining in again. Yeah.
1: Well, that was, I, I was listening to, um, I think it was the Idle Thumbs podcast about DayZ, um And that was the, uh, the they, they posited the, the interesting like variant where, where now it's like there's a spawning system where you go around and you know zombies disappear unless there's someone near and then they sort of like randomly spawn um, and you can't like clear out the world of zombies but the i guess the, the designer is toying around with the idea taking of taking
0: back <laughs> like having a, having a curtain of like zombie free zones
1: or or like certain maybe certain servers um, you can you can kill all the zombies but maybe you don't tell people which ones those are
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the talk about uh, Tom I think you have some some thoughts about this the difference especially when you've gotten familiar to the World of Warcraft style where levels are fixed and difficulties are fixed and your character gets more powerful to being in a game that has this auto scaling mechanic built in Um, something was just released that had that was it uh, was it Guild Wars 2 where they scale down your character if you're in a low level area you still get XP
2: yeah well there's also a single player there's Oblivion
0: well, all the uh, Elder Scrolls games, all the Elder, mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls games, do this right where the world I don't know the maps scenario. itself around you. I'm not sure Skyrim actually auto
2: scales dungeons. I think, I think they may have specific levels, and you you get trumped if you go into a wrong dungeon. The, the auto scaling of dungeons in Oblivion was something that always bothered me. I felt it pulled back the curtain on the wizard to expose that it is just. Higher DPS numbers on me and higher uh, hit point numbers on the enemies, uh, because I would be going through the same, the same cave that I worked hard at, and but now I am ten levels more uber, and I go it still through takes the same amount of time. And it's, yeah. it's 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 hard again. Yeah. And what, what what's the point again? And that was a thing that I I very much appreciated in World of Warcraft, and that was largely uh, enabled for them by the vast amount of terrain that they created. As much as the Bethesda people felt they created a large world in, uh, for uh, Oblivion or, or Morrowind. it was tiny, is really friggin' big. Yeah. Right, it was <laughs> tiny by comparison. And so they, they didn't have levels, areas that have particular level difficulties. They, they had Quests that were particular difficulties. They would take you into a cave, and then later you'd go th- back into that same cave. Mm-hmm. You'd recognize all the aspects of navigation through it, and so forth. Again, like Diablo Three, <laughs> less blatant than Diablo Three. Uh, Diablo
1: Three is would be doing this and be given the same quest over and over and over again. See, well, yeah, my strategy is always just buy a new first-person shooter game and, vile. Uh, and play it.
0: <laughs> they are vile. <laughs> That was the, the the outrage with Diablo three is like the next like the world's been waiting for this game, Blizzard only releases when they're ready and I'm like, Really? Like this is the dialogue you guys came up with after this I many was, years. I was I'm, sad.
1: I'm still holding out for Diablo kart racing. I know that's <laughs> gonna be really good.
0: I have it there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well I mean what's we'll I mean it's interesting, like the idea of a level cap in general is basically sort of like acknowledging that at a certain point this is this isn't motivating people.
0: Well, uh, stop people from hurting themselves. No, I think I think the level yeah. cap is.
1: It is
2: not possible for us to have infinite game development. It is not economically feasible for us to have the artists and the game designers and the engineers to have uh, created quests through level ten thousand. Now, I think the, the the people's interests would would flag too, and they would discover their their friends were completely splattered apart from each other. So <laughs> they would have other social aspect problems but just the economics of game development are probably what were are the first reason mm-hmm. that there's always a level
0: that you know we didn't talk about in any depth how level disparities and the, the social elements of that and how that changes the way the games work but I don't, I don't think that's something we need to try to cram into this discussion today. Yeah.
1: Oh, I see, I see you've, uh, you've been logging on when, when I haven't been playing. <laughs> Levels don't apply to me anymore, yes.
0: <laughs> like,
1: why,
2: are you, why are you glowing?
0: Uh, anything else we want to say on leveling before we close this out, guys? I, well, I, I mean,
1: where we just keep getting, getting back to, uh, to first-person shooters being the best type of game. I think that's the conclusion of all of this. No, I thought
0: it was a little sex. <laughs> but they've, they've managed to... Let's talk for a minute, because we haven't, um, about the... How do characters progress in first-person shooters? Educate. Right,
1: well, I, I mean, the, the if, if it's not a uh, first-person shooter RPG hybrid, which... Um, they I all think, are now? It's not the like case that they all are, though a lot of them are. I mean, Bioshock... Is, is that? Well, yeah, but that's not what we're talking
0: about. We're talking yeah. about like the massive army games, but even those have unlockable things.
1: You don't really get experience, but the the way that you you can get experience like things is by managing the the effectively the achievements you get in levels. So you're like switching guns so that you can kill five people. with a Yeah, shotgun. but I did
0: not have the problem with there being this component of Xbox points yeah. for doing things because that doesn't going head to head with somebody who has a million Xbox points versus zero
1: but again but, but that's like a difference. multiplayer yeah multiplayer aspect of it versus the I mean when I'm playing Killzone now on, on PlayStation I have no incentive to to like do anything other than the uh, the plot of the game because you don't I don't even players. know if there are trophies yeah. they have uh, trophies but who looks at them right yeah at any given point I can respect my, my weapons because they'll, they'll, they'll be the thing where I can always get my ammo back. And there'll be plenty of, of guns around, so it's it's a very uh, living in the moment experience uh, for the for almost the, the entire game, <laughs> which is nice. I think that's like that after playing trying to play Dead Souls a little bit, that that experience of uh, the the sort of intense in the moment experience rather than the strategizing, like a little bit frustrated, uh, we'll have trying to this, optimize experience. Will I regret
0: this six hours later kind yeah. of thing, yeah.
1: Um, and sort of like constantly being, you know, thing I, I liked about about the Half-Life games, you're sort of constantly in new environments and, and, and doing new, well, Half-Life more doing new and different things <clears> than
0: in uh, Killzone. Well, and Half-Life had, for the purposes of this discussion, Half-Life had absolutely no character progression. The first like shell you fire in the submachine gun and the last one you fire up into the, the game, doesn't, yeah. there's no difference in damage. You move damage from the, up from your crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> but that's more, you get an item. Yeah, There's just a slot that's illuminated or not illuminated. Right. It's not like you choose the Kalashnikov or the M1A1, but that doesn't matter.
2: Well, it's an interesting thing, though. There's a notion of progression as in my abilities have gone mm-hmm. up. As opposed, to, and 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 there's a fine distinction here. I, I, my abilities have changed because
1: I've found a different item that shoots a different way. In in Doom, there's very much a resource management aspect of it. Of like, I have a limited number of BFG shots, so I'm gonna save. I'm, I'm gonna to save, save those violence, for for a certain yeah. part, part of the game because I, I want to you right. know be able to to shoot that at the end. Whereas it seems like in Killzone, for example, it's like there are, there are always ammo crates that you can find that will that will give you uh, the maximum ammo level. So that's sort of like... Even that is sort of taken away
0: for, as, you, as something you, that you need no to think about. There's no reason not to use your favorite weapon yeah. in that game.
2: Your, your statement that Half-Life or the Half-Life games don't have uh, progression because the character doesn't have okay level. Okay, let, let's talk but, about that. But that's, that's what I mean. There's a... It, 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 the Half-Life games almost defined story. Well, in there, there are game. three types of and progression. If, if that isn't a progression, the, mo, the, the, the motion through an interesting story and world, I don't know what
0: is. There, there are three ways that you can measure your accomplishments in a game, right? Like, I beat the game, I finished the game. Oh, I only got to the eighth level, or you know, I got this special ending in the game, or something like that. There's some element of score that you can get, or points, or number of headshots, or some mm-hmm. statistic. And there's, by the way, my cleave on the axe does 500 more damage than yours, so mine is bigger. These are sort of the ways that people evaluate how good they are in a game. Not
1: just how good they are, but like what their goals are for, for not necessarily the goals that they would come out in and state like. This is what I really want. My goals. What they're to be, driven to accomplish. What, what in game. fact they're driven to accomplish. Yeah. A
2: so Half-Life, quintessential, I think, story-driven game, is also uh, an on-rails game, not a, yep. a uh, not an open world, not an open-world playground. They could have artificially given you a, a status page, shown you a bar graph, and said you're at 8050, hmm. uh, and 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 so forth, and then we could just say
0: that's a level. But well, yeah, aren't I, they divided into acts or something like that? Isn't there some... Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I actually think that that's probably
2: a conscious choice on the, their part in terms of it being them, them thinking of this as an interactive story. They were trying for that and succeeding better than most. You could probably uh, suggest that having that bar graph and giving you a visual cue that you're almost to the end of, uh, of something and so forth. So you, it gives you a hint of, of what's got to be coming. It's 43 minutes past the hour. I think they're about to uh, you know, figure out who really did it. And this, uh, can't,
0: this can't be the, the plot twist. This has to be the resolution because yes. uh, we're, we're watching yes. the next show in five minutes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, we, we've already had the first two false people who are going to be accused we, this we thought it would heal him, but it right. only
0: made him sicker. Oh, no! <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly, as opposed to, yes. Or, or the house yes. loop. Um, um, um and, and you would, right, you'd be able to figure that out um, just by knowing how, how late you were in the game. So, on some level, they're probably not telling you that
1: just to preserve aspects of story. One of the things I like about Valve games is the... And we said this before, this... the. You're always doing new things and learning. Uh, you feel like you're, you're learning like new ways of, of interacting with the world the entire time and, and there's sort of no aspect of, of grind in that.
0: I think it's very difficult to set a pacing of a traditional earn skills, get more powerful level character and have that kind of sense that you're constantly...
1: Doing something new.
0: You're constantly incorporating new abilities and learning how to... Respond to that and, and play differently. It's a it's a hard thing to do.
1: So we should just not play games that are like that.
0: We just need to wait for the ones that are that come down on beams of light. We have levels. This is it, right. Anything else you guys want to say?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna level up to another cookie.
0: Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So I have to tell you guys, I'm done with World of Tanks. I'm not saying like I'm never gonna play it again. I'm just saying, yes, it's, it's terrible because. They just rolled out 8.0. It has physics. Oh, they did. I played one game. It was pretty satisfying to like bump into a a tank that was low, lower weight than me and like shove it, you know, five feet over to the side. I haven't seen anybody jump off a bridge or take a header off a cliff or anything yet. But they also buffed my my big tank. They gave it a lot. Like of, you
2: said, they 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 tracked
0: the t50. Well, yes, they they reduced its. Some the world of commanders guy made a joke about that. Where he's like, it's still okay. Well, it's still the best scout in the game, but it's not as awesome as it was before. Uh, there was there was something about the way that the T fifty two turned that you just knew it wasn't going to last. It was just too awesome. But anyway, but why are you dumb? That that I, sounds like I a just good I don't know. I haven't played the game in you know two weeks. I, I or since we last talked. I, you know, Paul now um, torch lights out. And uh, well, Borderlands Two is out. Whoa. I got him hooked on FTL, uh, which I still gotta that FTL. Oh my god! Just stop and buy it and play. I mean, I, I told you guys I love NetHack. <laughs> it is that, but so great. Um, After I finish Killzone, FTL. Next one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. My next thing is gonna to get to get into Torchlight Two. Yeah. Well, we we just, just gonna have to start scheduling play sessions and get everybody on. Yeah. now, now that I'm resigned to disappointment in World War Down with pandas. Yeah,
1: fine, maybe maybe we can stop fucking talking about it.
0: Yeah. Nah, I wouldn't bet on it. Did we just stop talking about the American Revolution? No, i like, so
1: no. You always have to talk about Kafka. Relate it back to him. Yeah, Freud, whatever. Yeah, one of these things. Yeah, Freud's a better example. Yeah. <laughs>